Welcome back, everybody, to the Live the Legacy podcast, a project from the Andrew Goodman Foundation. As always, this is your host, Mo Banks, and today is a special bonus episode featuring the Program and Communications Manager at the Andrew Goodman Foundation, Mia Matthews. This episode is an accompanying piece to her blog that she wrote on our website, andrewgoodman.org. It's called Civics for Change, Music and Movements. If you would like to read the full blog piece, you can find it by going to the news section of our website. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we've had a couple of bonus episodes in between our seasons, and I have you know an exciting announcement to make on today's episode. I'm joined by uh, Mia Matthews, who is the Program and Communications Manager here at AGF, in addition to her being a what I would assume is going to be a lovely guest to have on the podcast. We're actually dropping a surprise announcement today, and we'll make the announcement again at the beginning of season four, but Mia is joining as the official co-host of the Live a Legacy podcast, and I'm so excited to, to have her on. I think she brings such a unique perspective. Uh, I think that she has a lovely NPR voice. I think it's just ready for podcasting in general. And like, you're probably, everyone's probably tired of hearing me. So I'm excited to have a new voice on the pod. So Mia, let's hear it. Um, How are you feeling about being on the podcast today? Well, thank you for such a wonderful introduction. The main emotion I can say I'm feeling is excitement. Um, I am so excited to talk about music and movements and everything else this season. So. Yeah. How do you feel about joining as a as a co-host? Are you are you excited? I'm honored. Yes. Yeah. I um I love listening to the podcast and all the seasons you've made. I've learned so much already. Um and I cannot believe I get to be one of the voices on it in a more consistent basis from here on out. Yeah. Um what was it about uh like the podcast or or maybe like audio editing or just like the thrill of working on a new project or what, what inspired you to want to be a co-host for this upcoming season? Um, well, I was very lucky to get to transcribe the podcast episodes of the previous seasons and in that process got a really good chance to um, listen to so many great voices and hear, um, and I get to see the process of how an idea becomes a conversation. And I really loved how that seemed to be a great experience to be a part of. So I wanted to um, to do that myself and and share my ideas with, with the world the way that they've been shared with me. Yeah, nice. I love that, how an idea becomes a conversation. That's really cool. I've never thought about it that way. So already dropping some, some nuggets of knowledge here. Look at you. <laughs> um, well, before we, jump, <laughs> before we jump in, um, and again, we'll reintroduce you at the beginning of season four, but for the lucky folks who decide to listen to our bonus episodes in between seasons, they'll get like a sneak peek um, into who you are, but just kind of let our audience know um, what does a program and communications manager do at AGF? And then follow up question, what kind of sparked your interest to want to work at an organization like the Andrew Goodman Foundation? So, um, yeah, I'm the Program and Communications Manager at the Andrew Goodman Foundation. Um, I work in communication, storytelling, and with the students on the ground, ambassadors who are registering folks to vote and educating 
on campus on all things civic engagement. Um, I studied civic engagement at Syracuse University um, and I've always felt very strongly tied to social movements and my whole life just wanted to make the world a better place. So AGF was a natural um, landing place for me once I finished undergrad and um, a couple nonprofit positions in different places. I felt like AGF was a perfect place for aligned with my beliefs and what I want to see the world and nation, the direction I want to see the nation go in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like, it's a kind of great segue to talk about what you're joining the podcast for today, because you've, you've shared, um, you've been interested in social movements for, for a while. And there's even, you know, we're here to talk about this blog piece that you wrote, which is called Mo- Musics and Movement. And there's a picture of you as a young person participating in like a social movement. We'll get to that in a, in a little bit as we work our way through your blog piece. But um, just really excited to have somebody who is so committed to um, making the world a better place. Um, obviously, we love having you on as a team member at AGF, but we also love um, just getting to know you personally and, and what motivates you and, and drives you to, to change the world and to make a, a positive impact for it. So thanks for sharing with our audience a little bit about yourself. Um, and I'm excited. This is going to be a good episode. It's going to be a good season. Look at this. I have to agree. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I have mentioned the blog. Uh, so for those who have not already read, this is an accompanying kind of like deeper dive um, conversation around this blog piece that you wrote for our Civics for Change series on our website, andrewgoodman.org forward slash news. You can find all of our blogs, pieces that we've written. And this is one of the more recent ones. And it's called Musics and Movements. And it's uh, making that connection between how music is and has been for a very long time linked to social movements, um, particularly the impact that it's had um, on young people and and garnering momentum for certain moments in history where um, some actions needed to take place and how music has has helped and enhanced those. So I guess before we get started, if, if folks have not already read that blog piece, go ahead and do it. Again, it's, it's on the website, but this is just kind of a deeper dive um, and almost like a behind the scenes peek into the process of it as well. So I'm excited for that. But, you know, what inspired you? I think that's kind of like where I want to start the conversation is what inspired you in particular to write a blog post about music and movements? I have to say it's a little bit different than the blog pieces that we've done in the past at AGF. And so um, what inspired you in the first place to write about it? Sure. Um, I've always felt the most alive when either part of a cause, movement, or while listening to or making music. So where and when they intersect is my happy place. Um, and I also have found music as a means of understanding uh, what's going on around us. It It's a way for us to keep a pulse on American culture and see the ways in which artists are creating music to serve as points of reflection for um, the listeners to contemplate both the world and their place in it. So I feel a lot of the pieces we write are to educate folks and what's going on in the world. And I feel like music is, for me, a big part of, of how I understand the world. So it felt like a natural thing to write about. Yeah, I think so. And I think it, I think it totally shows in the piece itself. Um, I bet it was really difficult to try to choose just a few songs to highlight. So 
how did you choose which ones you included? I mean, in, in the blog piece itself, we've covered the decades from the 60s all the way up until very recently in 2020 with the anthem that you chose to, to kind of highlight that time period that we all just collectively lived through with the pandemic, with the social, you know, racial reckoning that the country was going through. So how how was that process? And also, were there any that you didn't include that you just kind of want to mention now? Yes, to that last part. And also, yes, it was very difficult to make those decisions. Um, I definitely relied on on folks around me, too, to help me weigh what they stood out, what stood out to them as being representative of each um, era, if you will. So I looked for songs that encapsulated the popular culture of each era in respect to the movements that were taking shape at the time. Um, and the songs that I didn't include but would, I think I have one for almost each of the eras or decades. Um, first, Only Upon In Their Game by Bob Dylan from the 60s really um, encapsulates the racial tension and violence occurring at that time. And the Negro's name is used, it is plain for the politician's gain. Uh, for the 70s, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. You probably have heard it. It's a, a classic that um, just is still relevant to this day and how people are looked at due to how and what they believe. Um, a third one by my favorite band, The Grateful Dead, um, from the 80s, which you will very rarely hear me recommend anything from the 80s from that band, but Throwing <laughs> Stones is one of their studio um, songs that has a lot of um, political references and I think is a good encapsulation of what people were feeling or observing in the 80s. And then the final two, this first one is a great all-encompassing song um, called Nina Cried Power featuring Mavis Staples, the legendary gospel singer um, by Hozier. And it references so many icons like Nina Simone, Billie Holiday, Curtis Mayfield, Patti Smith, James Brown, John Lennon, B.B. King, Pete Seeger, Marvin Gaye, Bob Dylan, many others. Just an um, ultimate tribute song to the many greats who have championed the movements for equality and civil rights. Um, that was written in March 2019. And then in August 2019, uh, another one of my favorite artists, Taylor Swift, released a song on her album Lover called You Need to Calm Down. Um, and the song references the gay and lesbian alliance against defamation or glad and so the donations greatly rose after that song was released in thirteen dollars to thirteen thousand dollars um in in honor of that song so I feel like those are some of the songs I would have included for those reasons. Um, there are so, so many more, but all of those are on the playlist for folks to check out. 
Wow. Great reference to that Taylor Swift song. I gotta say, I kind of forgot about it. Not in like, <laughs> was it great? But just like, you know how like, from like 2019 to 2022, everyone's like, what happened? Because <laughs> of like, everything that we went to. So now I'm like, oh, wow, I gotta go listen to that. Because I remember watching like the music video, and it was so colorful. And like, um, there were so many funny parts in it. And it was so relevant, it made me feel so uh, like happy, almost as a queer person to to see so much movement around um, pushing back against so many of the hateful things that were happening from such a huge icon like Taylor and the, the impact that she has and the reach that she has. It's, that was, it was really cool. It was a really cool moment. So thanks for bringing me back to that moment in 2019 when that was, was released. Um, and I think that's kind of speaks to what I'm sure a lot of people who maybe are interacting with the blog piece or maybe now listening to this, when they are thinking of songs, the power that music has to bring you back to a moment of what you're experiencing is um, it's invaluable. I mean, there's no, there's no way to put a number on or a value on the feelings that arise when you listen to certain songs, you listen to certain movements or uh, certain, certain songs about movements or, you know, these, these moments in history. Um, I think that's a powerful connection. And I think that there's a reason why, in particularly, in particular, young people really connect with certain musics and certain moments in history. What do you see as like the role as is, and you can speak to this as a young person, obviously you're not speaking for all young people, but you are part of generation, um, you know, Gen Z and I'm a millennial and we're talking about music. And I think that that's like this really cool connection that we share. We talk about regularly just as like coworkers and, and appreciate appreciators of, music in general but like how do you see music playing a role in the lives of young people today obviously because of the context of what you were talking about how do you specifically see that in in movements or um in particular moments of history for sure um i feel like i said earlier music and art are a great way of keeping a pulse on what's happening and i feel like in order to process we must create um so whatever's happening in the world gets reflected as we discussed. Um, and that can be really cathartic for folks who are struggling to keep up with what's going on. I know personally, I'm still processing 2020. I'm sure a lot of us are. So being able to kind of listen to music from that time that helped us get through difficult times um, is all a part of that collective healing um, and, and processing. And so I also see people supporting organizations who who see the passion that young people have for making the world a better place and see how that passion is present at live music concerts and events. Um, and events like, or excuse me, organizations like Headcount and Reverb are often at lots of different live music events. They were even at the show where Willie Nelson was on Saturday I went to, <laughs> saw them registering folks to vote right ahead of uh, National Voter Registration Day, um, which is the day that we're recording this. So get out there, register to vote. Um, but they are there for people who are engaged, but don't necessarily need to, don't seek out organizations on their own accord, but they're already at the event. They're, they care about the world. They know that voting is one way to have a say in almost everything that goes around, um, around us, goes on around us. So that is one intersection I see, um, Headcount and Reverb, which is an organization that helps, um, with some environmental action at concerts as well. Um, and on top of all of that, I see young people become very um, 
inspired by the artists they love calling out legislation that's been passed or proposed um, that they agree or don't agree with um, and calling out elected officials for things that maybe shouldn't have happened. Um, and I feel like it gives, it propels young people to feel even more confident in having a say and to use their voice as much as they can. Yeah, I think, you know, what you had said about it being like this cathartic process of whether you're making music or you're listening to music, being able to have that outlet. Um, mm -hmm. Young people hold so much. I mean, you mentioned the environment and the climate crisis. Like that's something that young people care about because like, it's literally like if we don't do something, their future is not there. So it's, you know, so being able to utilize some of that momentum, some of that justifiable and righteous anger around the inaction around certain things like gun reform and gun control. Like it's young people who are in schools who are affected by the mass shootings. Like there are these things that, that I think are parallel even to what we were seeing in the 60s and that was such a huge burst of music that was happening during the 60s and 70s because of the social conditions because of the wars because of um the racial inequalities and the things that people really cared about you can kind of see it reflected in this 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 like bursting forth of new music and especially music that that means something to people that's going to you know activate people to, to do something to make a difference and I think what you said really touched and kind of hit it on the head of it's happening now today. Like there's, there's so much that people are, are experiencing. And for you personally, this is how you've seen it show up in these different venues and these different organizations who are like, you know, working with young people and with music and with registering to vote, because like, that's how young people are able to make a difference. You know, there's, it's, it's by registering to vote, it's, it's showing up at the polls and that's just, sure that's just one step in the process that's a really important step in the process but there's that cathartic release you know of of creating and listening to music that really brings people together and that does kind of cement those those memories um that bring you back to a time where you were really like riled up about something or this was the playlist you listened to on the way to the rally or, you know or, like you know yeah. things that kind of like will unite folks across generations but i think that young people in particular um are always at the forefronts of our movements because of the issues that it affects them and it affects their future. And it just makes sense. So um, I appreciate the personal insight into uh, that question. I know that if, I know that if we had like all the time in the world, we could talk about this forever, but obviously we're on a limited. We could talk about it for hours for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so too. And it's like, I kind of forgot we were recording because it feels like we're just chatting about things we like. So I mean, I'm really, really loving this. Um, okay, so if you've, if anyone's listened to the podcast, we all know that I love to end things after talking about things that are real that do have kind of like some heaviness to them um, to end conversations kind of rooted in hope, rooted in um, something that's like kind of giving us life lately. So since we've been talking about music and since we have covered stuff, you know, from the '60s to the '80s to now. What are some things that you are personally listening to as Mia Matthews, the human being, um, not just like Mia Matthews, the comms and programs professional, but, you know, what are your personal recommendations for our audience? Is there anything, any songs, any artists um, over the last several decades or recently or whatever that have really spoken to you personally? Um, anything that's caused you to want to take action or 
you know, be specifically engaged, however that shows up for you in your own personal life. But yeah, any personal recommendations for the audience? There is so much good new music out there. Um, but one band that I feel like captures the revolutionary spirit very well is Boy Genius, an indie rock band composed of three proudly queer artists, Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus, all whose solo work I would also highly recommend for the same reasons. Uh, the band actually has named Bikini Kill, the band deeply intertwined with the Riot Girl movement of the 90s, as one of their inspirations in making music together. Um, I'm actually seeing them a week from today, so I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, definitely give them a listen. Um, one of their songs, a couple of their songs have lyrics that kind of tie into the exploring the ideas of, you know, anarchy, Satanism, um, and not, you know, nihilism, and just the idea of thinking about the world and kind of where we're going with everything going on. It can be scary, and these artists um, keep me grounded in the best way. So, would definitely recommend them. Yay, love that. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't allow people to listen to some of the things that we're listening to. So, we're going to make a plug now. Mia, tell us where the audience can be listening to some of the music we've talked about today. You can find the playlist on both YouTube and Spotify. Um, there is one called Music and Movements. So you can read the blog and listen along at the same time. Yes. And then we also have some playlists on there from our past um, leadership summits. So if you find us on Spotify, um, you know, obviously we have our podcast on Spotify, but we also have some public playlists that we put together for different different training events, different leadership summits. So um, we've got, uh, and those are always kind of like related to movements and to things like um, that relate to social um, social justice and civil rights and things like that. So there's lots of good music. And then Mia and I are going to be building some playlists together just on our AGF, you know, Spotify account that is just going to be like music that we're listening to. If you are interested in that, we can just, we'll kind of keep auto-populating that with songs that we, you know, that are really speaking to us personally. So if you're interested in that, always, you know, join in and, and follow us along on there. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I think that music is such a cool way to connect with people. I think it's a way to to cross so many different barriers um, that normally people would like have a hard time maybe like bridging those gaps. So we're excited for folks to, to join us in our little music journey. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of want to like end it with that like let's just have them join us like the audience if you're listening join us in in creating some of these playlists and listening together along with us so thank you mia for all these extra insights into this blog piece that you wrote i think it was really amazing to be able to chat with you and and pick your brain just a little bit more um because this was such a cool piece and i'm so glad that you wrote it well thank you mo i'm so glad you liked the piece and thank you for having this great conversation with me i cannot wait for every episode to come um, and yes, if you got anything from this, it's let us know what your political anthems are and make sure you're registered to vote. Yes, yes, register to vote. Um, you can do that on our website at andrewgomen.org. We've got a portal online that takes less than two minutes to check your registration status as well as register to vote. So if you haven't done so, do that. Um, and if you liked this episode, if you like listening to me and I talk about things, um, you're really in for a great ride because season four is going to be coming available at the beginning of 2024, which is obviously a very crucial election year. There's going to be a lot of different election cycles that we're going to be um, helping folks um, know all the different ways to get vote ready 
for those elections. And so we're going to have some incredible guests this season that's going to walk our audience through um, how to vote, how to check your voter ID, different things around voting at home and absentee ballots, everything that you're going to need for voter education. You're going to want to listen to this next season of the podcast. We're going to have some incredible guests this season. And so we don't want you to miss it. Go ahead and subscribe um, to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like this uh, this podcast and you want other people to be able to find it quickly and easily, go ahead and, and leave a review or rate us. And that just helps when people type in Andrew Goodman Foundation or Live a Legacy, it pops up even sooner. So uh, we appreciate everyone listening today and uh, we will see you next season. Thanks so much. This concludes this week's episode of the Live the Legacy podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this special bonus episode. The intro music that you heard during today's episode was from Tabik Music. The rest of today's episode contained music from various artists and producers. To see the full credit for each artist and producer, please see today's show notes. Until next time, this has been your host, Mo Banks. Thanks so much for listening.